Cyril John, known as John, was my grandfather until he passed away a few years ago. He was a preacher man, and so, as I seek to read, explain, wrestle with scripture on this podcast, I also seek to raise a glass to honour the memory and the legends that is CJG, my grandfather. Hi everybody, my name is Darren, and welcome to the Dazcast, grandson of a preacher man, where we'll be exploring the Bible and interviewing some of the unsung heroes of the Christian faith. I hope this inspires you to know Jesus Christ and to make him known, to live the wonderful life that Jesus calls us to live, that no doubt will lead us into all sorts of adventure and into all sorts of trouble. Well, good afternoon, Saints, or good morning, or even good evening, depending on where you are in the world, or at what time you are listening to the Dazcast, grandson of a preacher man. My name is Darren, and I'm a member of All Saints Church in Orsley Village, Coventry, and we've been reading a number of letters together. Letters written thousands of years ago to and from the most unlikely of people, as the good news of Jesus Christ takes hold all over the world. One of those unlikely characters is Paul, a Jewish terrorist who has his life dramatically turned upside down and inside out to the point that he becomes a sold out follower of Jesus Christ, planting churches all over the then known world. One of those churches is the church in Corinth, again an unlikely bunch of converts, yet the love of Jesus can reach even those who because of their social, economic and cultural status have no need for Jesus. And it's this theme of status that Paul addresses in chapters 1 to 4, reminding the church in Corinth and us that we are to forget all that they know in the world in the pursuit of being God's holy people, called to partner with Jesus Christ in the bringing about of God's kingdom in this world. Service then out of position of weakness and out of a reliance on God's grace is the mark of success in this upside down culture of heaven. It's foolishness in the eyes of those who don't know Jesus, but to those who are being saved, that's a present continuous verb by the way, that process of ongoing salvation, but to those who are being saved, it is the very power of God. And in And Paul in chapter 4 reminds us that this power of God is not a power of empty words, but a power of God that gets to work. Grace works. We can't work for grace, but grace works. And so today we pick up this letter in chapter 5. And Paul earlier on has been talking about us, the church, being placed in the refiner fire of God to get rid of all impurities in our lives. And here, as we will read today, Paul addresses some impurities in the church that is implanted. A report on sexual immorality, he hears, so bad that even the pagans don't do what they've been doing. And one particular man seems to be at the centre of this scandal. And what's worse, the whole church seemed to be boasting about it. Not really God's holy people called to partner with Jesus Christ then. Not really free of impurities not really serving out of grace and in the spirit 
Quite the opposite. Not really. And Paul is mad. Paul's policy? Get rid of the old yeast. And then you will have a chance of being like a fresh batch of dough. And saints today, I want to draw out this verse in verse 7 that says this. Get rid of the old yeast by removing this wicked person from among you. And then you will be like a fresh batch of dough made without yeast, which is what you really are. Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed for us. And there are two parts to this chapter summed up in this verse. Firstly, get rid of old yeast. Jesus said you can't put new wine into old skins. And Paul is appealing in the same way to the Corinthians to get rid of their old ways, to get rid of old yeast. Yes, for the church in Corinth, get rid of sexual immorality. But also, I like to think that Paul is also appealing to get rid of other old yeast. Other old yeast, like doing things in their own strength and living in the flesh. Saints, this isn't an appeal to root out the worst follower of Jesus Christ in our communities and throw them out the door. If that's the case, that'll be me gone pretty quickly. But rather, it is an appeal in grace for us as individuals to consider firstly what old yeast is there in our life. What old ways of thinking or doing things are we hanging on to? What reoccurring sin do we need to throw out? And secondly, as we think about old yeast, what for our churches do we need to throw out? What old attitudes are the equivalent of old yeast? What forms of prejudice and discrimination simply need to be gone away with? And finally, Paul towards points us towards what sh we should be like. Fresh dough without any yeast. I was on the phone to my mum and dad earlier and frankly they were falling into the ways of temptation until God intervened, via myself of course. You see, they were on their way to Lidl to purchase some tempting pastries, a croissant or a pan au chocolat or even my father's favourite, a chausson de pomme, and I'm pleased to report that they resisted. There's nothing like fresh dough. The first, first of all, fresh dough is, is just that, it's fresh and it smells lovely. But secondly, you can do things with fresh dough. You can make bread, a cheese twist, a pomme de terre, or even a quiche. And that's how God wants us. He wants us to be fresh, mouldable, and ready to be turned into anything that he decides. But this, for me, is the best part of Paul's fresh bread analogy. Paul goes on to say that we are to be like Christ, our Passover lamb sacrificed for us. Bread is meant to be broken. Broken in solidarity with others, but broken bread reminds us of Jesus' sacrifice for us, his display of love and grace. As we say in our communion, communion liturgy, we break this bread to share in the body of Christ. We have two choices Paul gives us. We can be like old yeast, and however that is displayed negatively in our lives and churches, or we can be like Paul suggests, fresh dough, like bread, broken and distributed to each other and to our communities in which we live and serve. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. 
And as we share in the body of Christ, so we too share in the bread of life. And as imitators of Christ, we ourselves are also to become like bread, like fresh dough, broken and shared with a world in need. Saints, let's ponder on those thoughts as we pray together and as we read 1 Corinthians chapter 5. I can hardly believe the reports about the sexual immorality going on among you, something that even the pagans don't do. I am told that a man in your church is living in sin with his stepmother. You are so proud of yourselves, but you should be mourning in sorrow and shame, and you should remove this man from your fellowship. Even though I am not with you in person, I am with you in spirit, and as though I were there, I have already passed judgment on this man in the name of the Lord Jesus. You must call a meeting of the church. I will be present with you in spirit, and so will the power of our Lord Jesus. And then you must throw this man out and hand him over to Satan so that his sinful nature will be destroyed and he himself will be saved on the day the Lord returns. You're boasting about this, it's terrible. Don't you realise that this sin is like a little yeast that spreads through a whole batch of dough? Get rid of the old yeast by removing this wicked person from among you. Then you will be like a fresh batch of dough made without yeast which is what you really are. Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed for us. So let us celebrate the festival, not with old bread of wickedness and evil, but with the new bread of sincerity and truth. When I wrote to you before, I told you not to associate with people who indulge in sexual sin. But I wasn't talking about the unbelievers who indulge in sexual sin, or are greedy, or cheat people, or worship idols. You would have to leave this world to avoid people like that. I mean that you are to not associate with anyone who claims to be a believer, yet indulges in sexual sin, or is greedy, or worships idols, or is abusive, or is a drunkard, or cheats people. Don't even eat with such people. It isn't my responsibility to judge outsiders, but it is certainly is your responsibility to judge those inside the church who are sinning. God will judge those on the outside, but as the scriptures say, you must remove the evil person among you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So there you go, saints. Get rid of old yeast by removing the wicked person among you. Saints, get rid of the old yeast that's in our lives and in our church. And then Paul says, we will be like fresh dough, fresh, moldable, baked into something that God wants us to be like. And then more importantly, to be like Jesus, our Passover lamb, broken and shared to a world in need. Grace and saints, saints, until next time, 1 Corinthians chapter 6 is the next podcast. See you then. You've been listening to the Dazcast, grandson of a preacher man, where we seek to read, explain and wrestle with scripture and hear from some of the unsung heroes of the faith. If you've enjoyed listening to the Dazcast, then don't forget to like, share and subscribe, whatever podcast platform you are listening on. And as ever, stay tuned for future episodes. 
So saints, go in peace to love and serve the Lord. In the name of Christ. Amen.